it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to Dynamo's Dozen. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, once again to Dynamo's Dozen, the podcast that we bring you each and every single week where we talk about whatever may be on our minds from pro wrestling, sports, entertainment, music, movies, muesli, fresh socks and jocks, and everything in between, never forgetting the talc, but mainly wrestling. Um, welcome back to the show, everybody, with me, your host in the Dynamo Kelly, joined as always by my co-host, the shopkeeper, Noel Hogan. Noel, here we are again, my brother, another week, another round of news in the world of pro wrestling. News and opinion. Opinion. Op- <laughs> Remember that word, lads, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, opinion. Absolutely. Remember- do you remember, used, remember people used to be entitled to? Yeah. Now people are just simply entitled. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. In a world of cancel culture and all that nonsense, everyone is still entitled to our opinion. And that's why you watch us. And I did steal that from uh, good, good buddy uh, Billy over on the uh, Chelsea Roar, Chelsea side. So, Billy, at least I credited you, bro. Um, Noel, we have some nice nice topics today to get through um some funny stuff we've nothing dark which is nice this is why i say nice you know um kind of fun review kind of looking back at uh, obviously the uh, the money in the bank pay-per-view and then looking forward to uh, the great one uh, retirement match and his card shaping up nicely and SummerSlam shaping up nicely so We've lots yep. to uh, lots to get through. Um, I wanted to start today because it is current. Um, UFC superstar, absolute demon, Israel Adesanya, um, making probably one of the most spectacular entrances in UFC history. Would you agree? Yeah, it was absolutely excellent, wasn't it? Um, and I think Triple H and Steph were um, were uh, cage side as well, weren't they? And um, our friends from AEW were on the other side of the cage, apparently as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so um, be interesting to see. I wonder what conversations had. Um, but interesting, yeah. But it was brilliant. Um, it was brilliant the way he did it as well because I like that with the UFC because no one ever knows and it just happens. And all yeah. of a sudden, Taker's music hits and it all goes dark and it's really cool and. You know, well, the only thing he was missing maybe is if Taker could have walked out with him or something like that. That would have been really that really would good. have been awesome, man. Yeah. Taker with the hat and all yeah. because in fairness, you know Taker yeah. would appreciate that being a big UFC boy. Yeah. By the way, yeah, cheap plug for the old mugs here. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> they yeah. come with DNA and everything in them. <laughs> yeah. This one's full of um amphetamines and all kinds of uh <laughs> It's really not. My life's not that exciting anymore, to be fair. Yeah. After the three days of gigs last week, I'm back and I'm on the uh, <laughs> I'm on I'm on the drive for the week. At on least the on, low, on, on the low. On the low. On school nights at least, anyway. On school nights at least. Um but what was really interesting 
Um, he spoke with BT Sport, obviously, about the, the title defence, which it was a great fight for anyone that didn't see it. Um, and they asked him about, you know, the, the, the walkout because they obviously had the BT obviously have that connection with WWE as well so of course they're they're interested but during the interview Adesanya was asked about a potential career in wrestling which was very interesting and I don't know if many people picked up on it but he and I quote shout out to Michael Cole said uh, definitely that is something I'll try my hand at later on just for fun I'm not saying it's going to be a full-time job, but I'm definitely going to jump into the WWE or something along that line just for the entertainment factor because I grew up jumping off the couch, broke my arm, shooting stars. Yeah. And he finished with your comment that you love. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, yeah, I mean, I thought that was really kind of interesting because he is that type of character, isn't it? And it's, it's amazing now when you look at the crossover in combat sports recently, obviously with Tyson Fury, uh, Ronda Rousey, obviously the biggest one, um, and many others. I mean, the, the list is endless. If we were to go through them all, we'd be here all day. But interesting when you're looking at people like, um, I suppose even Conor McGregor, who was a, a dead cert to make an appearance on WWE at some point, I would imagine. So it's it's kind yeah. of really interesting and and nice that you know the MMA kind of snobs that kind of slag the fake stuff and the pro wrestling. And look, I get it, guys. You love your sport, your territory. I get it. But these guys actually love pro wrestling. And guess what? The UFC built its model on pro wrestling bar to physicality. So it's kind of nice to see some of these guys pay the, the, pay the, the pro wrestling and the workers, I guess, their dues, isn't it? Yeah, they're kind of bringing them. Um, they're kind of legitimizing it a bit, aren't they? That yeah. it's um, that would that we know that it's like it's 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 contrived, but there's still a huge respect there for the athletes and what they do and what they go through and the physicality of pro wrestling. I know it's not quite the same as going into a cage and getting absolutely lit up and smashed up and choked out and all that kind of stuff, but still, in terms of training, in terms of workload, in terms of you know, all that effort and everything that you put in. I mean, it's, it's, you can see in the UFC for years, it had gone a little, it gone through a bit of a lull because they had no characters and it's mm. characters that really build this up. When you think about McGregor, when you think about Chuck Liddell, when you think about Tito Ortiz and Ken mm. Shamrock and mm. all these great guys, Brock Lesnar and all these guys that went in. Um, and I think they're looking the other way now and they're thinking they're saying this as a, uh, I think Rhonda's gone in there. Obviously, she obviously talks to people, and she has the that respect in there. Shayna Baszler went in there as well, and um, Matt Riddle, um, who yeah. was on um, the Ultimate Fighter and stuff like that, or Contenders or whatever they called it at that stage. You know, so those guys are going in there and they're bringing a kind of a legitimacy to it. You know what I mean? That it is, it is kind of um, I don't know, in a way, kind of like it, like a. I don't know what way you would describe it, but they're just that they're, they're saying it now as being something really serious, even though it's predetermined and stuff like that. They have a lot of respect for these athletes in there now. They see what they go through and what they do. Hmm. Um, and it's nice to see it. Yeah. I mean, years ago, you know, wouldn't have even been spoke about. They would have laughed at it and stuff like that. And you even seen it when, um, when Rogan had the undertaker on his podcast and stuff like that, you could see he was a big pro wrestling fan and, you know, they were originally, you know, 
slagging it off and having a laugh at it. But then when a guy like The Undertaker rocks in and he tells you how it is and what he's gone through and what it was like back then and his pathway through the business and stuff like that, there's a different level of respect out there, you know? Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's great. And it's great to see that they're giving pro wrestling its pops that it deserves because it, it does deserve it. Um, and I'm sure these guys are saying that probably as a future career um, to make money in a slightly different way. I wouldn't say necessarily an easier way, but a different way. Definitely not an easier way. Um, you know, it's funny when you when you talk about you think of Mickey Rourke, I suppose, the biggest pro wrestling movie of all time. You know, all the years of boxing he had, um, true amateur and professional, maybe not at the highest level, but still professionally. When you're trained by Freddie Roach and uh, you know, you're uh, you're sparring with James Tony, still gonna be tough on the old bod. But he said what in three months of um in three months of, of, of training with the Samoans, um, he said he had more injuries during that three months than any period in his in his career. So we found the newfound respect for it. So it's nice, it's nice to hear um yeah. that that there's you know put some respect by these uh by these ladies and, and gents' names because they, they were and, and rightly so, rightly so. Rightly so. So Noel, yeah. we're uh, we're going tit for tat. So what have you got for me? Um, I don't know. I looked at um, what the, what did I look at here now? Let me see what I what I delved into. I don't know if you picked up on anything on Raw there last night, but um, Becky and Asuka had an absolute belter of a match. And when I say belter, I put belter in inverted commas because they the absolutely out of each other, absolutely bet the bejesus out of each other. But there was a nice moment at the end of the match there on the mat where both girls checked in on each other to see if they were all right so you could see what they put in there and look we know how good both these girls are i mean they're absolutely beasts when they're in the ring and stuff like that they bring the beauty and they bring the physicality in there they're absolutely electric when they're in the uh in the ring and both of them have a really good chemistry as well but it was a nice moment just they both checked on yeah. each other and stuff like and that really on, really cool both on the best runs of the career you could say this about becky over the last two years she just her runs just keep getting better and better as you know yeah as we we've kind of pointed out but um yeah like it's it's incredible, isn't it? The work that they're putting in and Asuka, obviously, um, definitely just grown and grown as well. I mean, we, we know yeah. how good she's been, she's always had star power, but um, yeah, so it's it's been an incredible, uh, an incredible run for um, for those two girls, and great to see the kind of mutual respect at the end, just a little you know, the sportsmanship or the yeah. sports ladyship, yeah. whatever pronouns, pal, yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, no, I did pick up on that. Um, I have a, I have a big one. Um, we could finish off on this one, I suppose, just to whet the appetite. So maybe we will, maybe we will kind of hold off on this one because it does involve one Mister Kenny Omega, who has a lot of free time on his hands at the moment, and we were only kind of praising him last week. <laughs> now he's kind of going after our boy again. And for anyone who doesn't know who our boy is, that's what we'll. We'll wait till later in the show, and you'll you'll see what we mean. Um, but we, we we should probably talk a little bit about the uh, the money in the bank, obviously, because it was quite recent. So, um, we, we yeah, won't Saturday we won't, night. Yeah, we won't go. Uh, yeah, first Saturday pay per view again in a in a while for WWE. Mm. It's like they've done the opposite right. of AEW. AEW kind of went Saturday and Sunday, and now they've gone. So it's kind of nice. But yeah. um, so let's let's just go through the the main card, and then we can speak about bits. 
Um, Liv Morgan defeated Alexa Bliss, Asuka, Becky Lynch, Lacey Evans, Raquel Rodriguez, and Shotzi in the uh, the Money in the Bank ladder match, which obviously gave them the championship contract and a match at a later date. Um, mm. Bobby Lashley defeated Theory by submission for the United States Championship. Kind of a strange yeah. one, but it all comes together full circle. Very good match. Very good match. Very yeah. good match. Yeah, very good match. And um, Bianca Belair, who I just think is riding the crest of a wave at the moment, she's she's getting better all the time. Uh, defeated Carmella, who we praised last week as well. I thought Carmella had a good showing in this as well. She's putting her money where her mouth is, at least. You know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. If you if you're gonna put out those tweets, you need to back it up, don't you? And she is so. Absolutely. Well done. Um, yeah. The Usos um, <clears throat> defeated the Street Profits, your boys. Um, but match of the night. Yeah, twenty match of the night by a country mile. Unbelievable. Country mile. Unbelievable to now, say that about WWE tag team matches again, isn't it? Sean, Mel- how it's done. Melter, Melter gave it eight stars. What more do you awesome. need to say? Well done, Usos then, are. I've always liked Usos. are tag team royalty, and the Street Profits ain't far behind. Street Profits are brilliant dance partners for them. Absolutely, I know, brilliant. I know you're a big fan. Yeah, no, I thought it was absolutely fantastic. Um, Ronda Rousey defeated Natalia by submission. Obviously, to retain. Um, Excellent match. Some of the reversals in that match were unbelievable from the sharpshooters into the into the the uh, the arm bars and into the leg leg, the ankle locks and stuff like that was absolutely sensational. Natalia is just absolutely royalty in there as well. She knows she can show up on any given day and go with any of the girls there, even at this stage in her career. Fantastic to see. And I, I don't know, there's something special. I don't know, do you feel good when you see her when she puts a sharp shooter on? It's kind of cool, isn't it? It just feels it, right. Feels she cool. With, she does it with the right um, leg. She does it with the left leg and she sits back on it yeah. as well. Sits so. back on it as well. It bends the back and everything. Yeah, yeah. It makes it snug in there. Yeah. Now she's really cool. It's the best It's the best since it was done by the master. You know what I mean? So Yeah, absolutely. Um, what happened after that, Noah? After that, the music hits and well, we have a little we should, passion. We should give our old brother from the four pub man a shout out for this. His, what does he call her? His future wife made an appearance. Right. I, when, when I seen it, I said, Jay is sitting somewhere either now in a bar or in a house, losing his absolute shit. You went straight <laughs> to the bathroom afterwards. <laughs> Not to lose a shit. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> And it was kind of it was kind of cool, and I was kind of thinking when I seen her running down, but I was kind of thinking, are they gonna pay her off now for this work she's been doing for the last two years or whatever it is? Are they gonna kind of shit on it that she loses it? You know that kind of way. But it was really cool. She came in, Ron. They attacked each other, and then uh, Ronda got her down first of all, and then she kicked Ronda in the knee and rolled her up. So it was real cool finish to it. And then to see her celebration and trying to take it all in and stuff like that, it was really cool. And the interviews afterwards were absolutely golden. What a mentor. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you're saying she put up a picture of her holding the belt. And beside it, she has a picture when she was, I think, she must have only been about eight. And she was standing there with with a wrestling belt she had made out of cardboard over her shoulder. So cool. Darren, Darren, Darren sent me the picture. Actually, shout out to Dazzler. He sent me the picture and he said, not a dry eye in the house. It was absolutely brilliant. Delighted for Liv Morgan. Love seeing payoffs like that, 100%. Especially, especially yeah. with, you know, especially with lifers. You know what I mean? The ones that have really wanted to yeah. be that since they were knee-high to yeah. a grasshopper. Liv's still only knee-high to a grasshopper, but you can go. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then 
the male money in the bank uh ladder match a very very strange one um theory defeated drew mcintyre madcap moss almost riddle Sami Zayn, seth rollins and sheamus um yeah interesting so he's he's uh yeah, but it's good. Adam Pearce came out, of course, and he announces Terry into the match, um, which was really, really cool. Um, mm. I have to say, I'm a fan of the guy. I think he's. Re- I think there's a certain um, there's a certain affection to his arrogance. Let's say, um, but um, I th- I thought actually I thought most of the guys in this match I thought they did really well. I thought the uses of the the ladders was really really cool. Um, it was fairly hard hitting. I like the stare down we got between Seamus and Drew McIntyre. I always like when those two boys are standing in the ring yeah, each other because yeah. we because we know the history and we've of seen course. it in the past. And yeah, like that. yeah. Um, I thought almost in fairness, I thought he did really, really well with his use of the ladders and stuff like that. He was getting a little bit static and all, but he's a ginormous man, a ginormous man when you see him in the ring. Uh, we're never going to be the excellence of execution, you know. You know what you're getting with. No, no, yeah, yeah. He's kind of, he's kind of like nearly circa Cali, you know, that kind of way. When he's come in, he's doing okay, but you know, you know, there's no longevity in it because the guy is just ginormous. Like, like when you see him in the ring with Drew and and Seamus and stuff like that, and Drew and Seamus are big men, you know what I mean? And they're standing beside him, and it's like. You know, they're like a pair of trousers beside him, you know, that kind of way. Yeah. This guy is absolutely ginormous. But yeah, solid, solid match, solid pay-per-view, knocked it out of the park. Most of the matches were really good. The cash-in was absolutely brilliant. And uh, it remains to see what happens now with Terry now that he has the briefcase. It's going to be really, really cool. So why don't you lead that into us then for the latest on SummerSlam? Because that would be a fairly, fairly good segue. Yeah, well, it looks like they're filling out the card. It looks like it's going to be pretty cool. You know, we know we have Brock versus Roman in the last man standing. We know that's going to be really, really cool. Um, we have a little conundrum here with Miz and Logan Paul at the moment. They did a little bit of it on Raw last night. Um, and then Styles got involved and Champa got involved. So I'm not sure whether that's going to be a, a singles match with the two boys on the outside or whether they're going to go with a tag match. So that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, that's in there. I'd imagine what they what they've confirmed already is that Ronda's gonna be still in that storyline with Liv Morgan all the way to SummerSlam. <clears throat> and then it depends what they want to do there. Obviously, um Charlotte will be due back, Bailey will be due back, I presume, around all that time. So it depends what way they want to go with it. My thinking on it at the moment is it wouldn't be any harm at all to keep Charlotte away or sorry, keep Ronda away from the belt for a while. Um I just don't know. I, th- I think <sighs> I just when I when I see her with the belt, it just doesn't it doesn't sit on me right or something like that. I don't know what it is. I think it's um when you look at Liv Morgan, who's put in all that work over the last two, three years, whatever it is, she's put it in and she gets that payoff and she gets the belt. You can see she's put the work in. I'm not saying Rhonda doesn't put the work in, but I'm saying it's a different kind of storyline. This is a person who has loved, slept, eat, and bred wrestling all their life from when she was about eight or nine years of age. You know what I mean? And well, I just Ronda think... She doesn't need a belt at this She moment. doesn't need it. She yeah. doesn't need it either as well. And yeah, neither so does think... Charlotte. So, I mean, if you thought about, like, you know, if you had a good long-running rivalry with Charlotte and, and even Ronda for a while, and, and the payoff yeah. just at the pay-per-views, and not every feckin' month, mm. you know what I mean? I think yeah. that, I think you're making sense there, to be fair. I think give Lynn the, live the run. Yeah. Definitely. 
Mm. Yeah, let it hang on to the belt into the autumn or something like that. You know what I mean? Don't whip it off after a month and make it not feel like it meant something. You know that kind of way. Kind of like what they're doing with Bianca. You know, legitimizing them and stuff like that. Yeah. And live lives lives excellent. You know, so I I think it will be a good move. And I I think I'd like to see a uh, live live versus Bailey for a while. I think that could be kind of cool if we get that little heelish Bailey back again. Be cool character and stuff like that and all yeah. and Bailey's really really good as well and Bailey could elevate live again you know what I mean mm. so as long as they keep on elevating and stuff like that leave the belt with her for a little while and stuff like that and let it marinate as they say let it legitimize her so then when it does come time to take the belt off her it will be a big deal but it won't destroy her yeah um, so yeah that, that's just that's just my outward thinking on it um of course we're getting happy Corbin versus uh Pat McAfee that's a match I'm really looking forward to anything with Pat McAfee and it's going to be pretty cool yeah. Um. So yeah, that's kind of that's kind of where it's at at the moment. I'm sure more will be added to it, but it's say, oh, sorry, Rollins versus Riddle looks like it's going to be the thing that's in there as well. So that's I was, that's I was kind thinking of where it's shaping up. This kind of segues into where we were going to go as well. I think that I think that's definitely going to um <clears throat> be the pay per view for the uh, the Edge Balor match. Surely. Yeah. Um, Balor debuted an interesting look last night. Um, mm. Jordans and all. I was. Uh, yeah, we had we, we had said that we were going to sort of see an evolution of the demon and stuff like that. No, I thought I I thought it was really cool. I thought he came out and I thought I thought him and Priest looked really really good together because there was yeah. similarities with it and stuff yeah. like that. But yeah, it looked it looked really it looked really cool. Um, um, I don't know, like sort of you know. Kind of rock bandish or something like that, but kind yeah. of badass at the, the same little time. purple kind of gimmick yeah. hanging down like like El Matador yeah. or something, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Kind of, yeah, like no, it, it was cool. Yeah, I like the colors, obviously, because later in the week, I know we announced on the last show, but later in the week we're going to have the the Finley um, podcast. The reason we've delayed yeah. the Finley podcast is because obviously we didn't have any breaking news as such. It was just more conversation. So, and um, that yeah. will that that will actually kind of put. I suppose together what we're talking about now when you watch the Finley episode, which will probably be mm. a couple of days after this, you'll see what we were talking about on that, about the evolution where you can go. And I think mm. you can do so much with those tights on, blah, blah, blah. I would have liked to see boots and kick pads on. I'm not into I'm not into wrestlers wearing the old Jordans myself. But then again, yeah, kind of yeah, kind of like um, yeah, you don't want to you want it to be cool and kind of hardened, but not kind of blink 182. Yeah, <laughs> but it's kind of like yeah, but I th- I thought it was kind of cool. The one thing I noticed, and I don't know what you picked up on if you've seen it, but um, because the ring attire that he wore this time very similar to Damien's Damien Priest, um, you didn't notice the size differential and stuff like that. They look pretty equal, yeah, um, which looked pretty cool as well. Because I find when Balor comes out and he's in the trunks and stuff like that. His size can be very visual and stuff like that when he's standing beside these guys and stuff like that. So I thought this time he came out, he just looked the business there with him, went in and had a, you know, an absolute attack. And I thought it was brilliant as well. I think well. long, t- long, t- you know, long tights, I think, are always the way for because he's not short, obviously, by any stretch of the imagination. And yeah. he's not small. Um, no. You know, he's not. But, he's com- not f- but, compared, but compared to a priest that compared to someone like that, he yeah. can look that way potentially standing beside him. Man. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So that that was pretty cool, but yeah, it'd be interesting to see where that goes. And obviously, Edge is going to come back, you know, all guns blazing, and I can only imagine what way that's going to come out. But it, yeah, yeah, SummerSlam is shaping up to to be very very nice. Hopefully, we get yeah. that Saturday pay per view again. Mm. Hopefully, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, I yeah. I love the Saturday ones. On it's great. 
Uh, I haven't heard anything yet. I can check. I'll check the dates for the next show, but I'm nearly sure. Yeah. Probably they're probably going to continue with yeah. I would imagine it makes sense um, for the European audience but, as well, especially. But then we have to, yeah, absolutely. We have to mention during the match as well. Uh, Ray paying tribute to Eddie Guerrero with that chair spot, which I oh. thought was absolutely royalty, um, yeah. and great timing on it and stuff like that, and picking up the win, which I yeah. thought was really really cool. So yeah, yeah no, hundred percent, hundred percent. Um, what else have you got before we finish up on some juice? Um, we've got a we've got an updated card to Ric Flair's farewell card. So obviously Ric Flair versus an unnamed opponent at the moment. Uh, we've got the Impact Champion there, Josh Alexander versus Jacob Fatu. Uh, we've got the Knockout Champion Jordan Grace versus uh, Diana Perazzo versus Rachel Ellering. Of course, Rachel Ellering. Uh, people would know. And then the one that's going to steal the show for me, I know obviously Ric Flair against his opponent will be the big marquee thing on it. But the match for me is the Wolves versus the Motor City Machine Guns, which to me is Ring of Honor and TNA royalty. Davy Richards and Eddie Edwards teaming back up against Alex Shelley and Chris Saban. And we talk about how much we love tag team wrestling. This to me, if you're just a purist on tag team wrestling and you want to watch how it's put together, this to me is absolutely tag team royalty. When I talk about these two teams, I talk about these two teams like the Usos and like FTR and stuff like that. Really, really good. Machine guns, electric. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't disagree with anything you said. It's shaping up to be a nice event, in fairness. And you know, you know, Starcast, Conrad, they're not going to pull any uh, punches and they're not going to spare any expenses. So that that definitely is shaping no. up to be. Really yeah, nice. and we still have. There's going to be a lot more on that as well. I mean, as you said. You would expect the Rock and Roll Express to have a match on it, I, I would imagine. Um, you'd probably expect this few appearances as well and stuff like that from people that he's had runs with and stuff like that and um, probably a few more matches as well. So it'll be interesting to see how it develops. We'll update it each week as it gets updated anyway. It gets closer. It's, um, it's the end of the month, isn't it? What's it, 31st of July or something like that? Yeah. It's the end of the month, isn't it? We get that yeah. Conrad sponsorship for the for the mm. final show in the building. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I wanted yeah. to finish it on a man that we were talking about last week, obviously Kenny Omega. Um, <clears throat> there's going to be a lot of quotes here on this one because I want to read it in full. Um, Kenny Omega, as he does, he's obviously on the shelf at the moment and he's a big gamer. He was on Twitch and he was uh, he was talking about Jim Cornette again. I think uh, Jim Cornette was obviously the guy that we were talking about. That's our guy. Now, usually I'm with Kenny Omega up until a point, <laughs> but <laughs> as soon as you... As soon as you bring Uncle Jim in, and I'm sure I speak for you here too, Noel, you kind of it kind of sways the, uh, the, the the I suppose it rocks the apple cart a little bit, doesn't it? Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's it, it's it's such a strange one because it seems to rare its head every two to three months where they're going along, everyone's kind of at peace with each other. There's a few compliments going back and forward. Everyone thinks everyone's doing the right things in the business and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden, this just comes out of nowhere again, and it's it's a strange one, but it's 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 a weird one as well because they they can't let them they they can't leave them be. Sure, they can't. No. They can't leave him be because because no. he has a because he has an audience because he has an opinion and again we stress opinion, um, it, it it's just a strange one. They can't but not mention him, you know, between himself and the books and any of those guys in that elite circle, um. All they do is they just drop him in there every time they want to either ratchet views or ratchet clickbait or whatever it is. They just drop his name and it, it, it's mad when you think of Jim Cornette and stuff like that, isn't it? That uh. He, he generates that sort of traction, you know what I mean? And that's why people drop it, you know? 
Well, that's what we'll do. And we'll break down these comments and we won't just read it in full, you know, because because yeah. obviously people will not be able to digest it. Um, mm. Now, I suppose you're not you're going to be surprised here from me that what I'm going to say. Kenny is usually a little bit bantery back and forth and tries to be bantery, but then he gets a bit pissed off on Twitter if someone gets the better of him and he'll call someone an ass. But generally, he's a, you know, he'll try and pretend like he's taking the, the high road. You know what I mean? He'll work, he'll work with you. <laughs> yeah, but then, then you say something he doesn't like and it's, you know, but look, that, yeah. we're all human. <clears throat> and that's why I mentioned we're all human because you've got to remember, this is a man who's on the shelf at the moment. So imagine the frustrations he's having, you know, possibly being never able to and, and going through a heavy rehab going through a heavy rehab going through a heavy well, rehab yeah. so he's probably on yeah. pain pills and all that kind of shit so you wouldn't have expected me to kind of you know stick up for kenny a little bit and uh and, but you got to put context on this and we got to be fair um but we'll start off so this is on his twitch he said i think jim Cornette has backed himself up into a corner where now he's found this group of extremely pathetic human beings who have no other thing to do to aspire to become or no one to base their life off, no one to listen to, no one to adhere to their commands. So that's the first part. Now, I think that's a little bit harsh, you know what I mean? Because there's probably a lot of people on big money that are Jim Cornette fans. We are. <laughs> so <laughs> let's start. Like, and, we're, and we're not on big money. No, we're, but we have to come on, kayfabe and all the sakes. Um, but I think that's that's frustration and anger there. With found this group of extremely pathetic human beings, and you know you're kind of going right. Come on, let's keep it in the in the you know in, in, within the spectrum here. But I guess there's an element of fans that probably give him shit and call him Kenny Olivier and all that kind of stuff, and you know. But uh, you, you, what say you? Well, the first thing I'd say is I wouldn't say he's found his group because his audience has grown by the week. Yeah. Um, so people, if you look at Jim Cornette, his his exponential growth in the in the world of podcasting and YouTube and stuff like that over the last three years has been absolutely massive. Um, there's no doubt there is a group of people that latch on to these things he comes out with where he calls like Orange Cassidy pockets and stuff like that. So people refer to him as pockets and stuff like that. And, and it goes to show when Jim Cornette speaks or when he, he, he comes up with something like that, like it's, it's um people do latch onto it and stuff like that. So that's fine. So in some respects, yeah, he definitely has found his following. I would say that your role as a content creator or a podcast or a YouTuber is to find your following, isn't it, really? Well, it's no, it's um, no different than Kenny finding his following of indie wrestling fans, you know, who will also stick by everything that the books do and everything that he and, does. And he's found his following on Twitch with his gaming, the same yeah. as Adam Cole and stuff like that. Yeah, so you found your group. So I would be saying that as a compliment, but I would say that the numbers are growing every week. So, so the, 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 the following hasn't been found. The following is just growing. So the pathetic humans is a bit harsh, Kenny. We just want to say that. Um, every every following has a mix of people. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Kenny, I'm not I'm not counting you out so far. I'm just saying, yeah. you've lost a couple of points from me there. But you know, they're probably we're only we're of- only we're only hooking the leg. We've only got to one. We've only got <laughs> the one exactly. So in fairness, you know, I can see you're pissed off, and that's why I'm giving you the benefit of the doubt. You're injured. I get it, and there probably is some pathetic humans in there too, but not all. Um. 
So comment two, and so when it becomes when it became a character that he could play as though he was still traveling up and down the strip in the Indies, like back in the old days. Now he's got this group of people hanging off his every word, and all he has to do is sit and talk on a podcast with some other guy. Okay, I get it. Bring you back. But my rebuttal to that would be, and isn't that great? <laughs> He's making bank sitting in Castle Cornet. I started I started watching Jim Cornet back in 1986 and he hasn't changed till this day. No. Um, so I, I, I don't know what that means. Plus, I would say in terms of success and stuff like that, he's one of few guys out there who doesn't do visual or do video. He only does audio. Yeah. So he so he can't be he can't be that much into himself. Yeah, yeah, you know, and like he's got a mighty fine gaff and all that he could probably make a lovely, you know. Absolutely, I'm sure his office is awesome. <laughs> and a lot of money to go with it. Don't forget Cornet's collectibles. Like, I mean, that guy has to cancel sending orders because it's that fucking busy. So I have a I have a signed figure sitting behind me there up on the shelf. <laughs> yeah. So and I paid a lot of money for it. Paid a lot of dough. Um so it's yeah, yeah, right, Kenny. You're, I can again. I can see that there's a bit of bitterness coming in there. You know that you're 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 putting your body on the line still, and possibly, you know, you know you're hurting. So I get it. Um, when he realized he could make money by delivering hateful speech, okay, lost me here now. Hateful speech. He backed himself into a corner, and now if he wants to make rent, if he wants to buy his fancy McDonald's double cheeseburger meal harsh he has to talk about the things that are going to get attention and a lot of the time that's going to be yours truly now i suppose this is where i would see some cornets lads say you know get over yourself i suppose you know what i mean maybe and i think cornet really only mentions the words kenny olivier and i'm using his words um kind of when something comes his way from their direction you know what i mean um it's not something that he really goes out and seeks anymore same way he doesn't always mention russo unless it's brought to him so the great brian last is probably as guilty and as culpable for this as as anybody else but that's that's a great co-host you know what i mean you yeah. if you heard something about me you'd probably bring it to my attention right and you would expect the or vice versa yeah. so I just want to focus on a couple of comments there. When he realized he can make money by delivering hateful speech, well, look, it's it's some of it has been hateful over the years, especially with some of the stuff he said about Vince Russo and stuff like that. And you know, talking that that could be considered hateful speech. And he probably has said some probably hateful stuff about Kenny Kenny uh, Omega as well in the past, obviously because he's had experience with him and he didn't appreciate someone disrespecting the business the way they did. So yeah, in fairness, hateful speech can, okay, you can't really discount that, but there's context on it. It's not like he's delivering hate speech saying people go out and attack these wrestlers because he was the very first one when there was wrestlers attacked to say bullshit. I don't condone this. This is not what my podcast is about. Um, backed himself into a corner and now if he wants to make rent, that's the most ridiculous statement because he's a rich man without the podcast. With the collectibles alone, he's a rich man, but he's also an entrepreneur. Um, if he wants to buy his fancy McDonald's double cheeseburger. Now, I don't know of a fancy Mac 
McDonald's double cheeseburger meal, if there is one, if okay, I'd like to try it. Um, and as far as I'm aware, I'd say, I'd say that was I'd say that was more a throwaway comment to to uh, degrade down to a certain level, and, more uh, so than. I'd say he's talking about the Dairy Queen and all that kind of stuff that he likes, you know, and the Wendy's, the Wendy's. I know, I know, Cornette likes the 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 Wendy's and the Dairy Queen, but when you when you've done everything in the business and you get to a certain age, certain things, you, you want the easy life, and sometimes some of those things are the easy life because you never got to experience them when you're on the road all your life. Yeah. Um, so sometimes it's nice to just get up in the evening or in the morning. And head out to Dairy Queen and have an ice cream with your with your your grandchildren or your nieces or your nephews or whatever and stuff like that. Some people cherish that, you know. Maybe it's not for everyone, but when you get to a certain age, those things are the kind of things that are cool, you know. It's the simple things in life. Well, obviously, he has no grandkids around like that, so we can and he's probably yeah. always eating double cheeseburgers, even when he was working. So yeah. Jim, Jim does <laughs> he's probably got him by the balls there with the double cheeseburger comment. So it's a, it's a I see what you've done there, Kenny. I see what you've done. But I think it's harsh. Um, I'm still on team Jim here, um, but but I get it. And in fairness, you know he's you know he's called him Twinkle Toes and all that stuff. So a double cheeseburger shot is absolutely fine from me. From but I do know Jim is is working pretty hard on his weight at the moment, isn't he? He's 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 lost a lot of weight, so um, he has to talk about things that are going to get attention, and a lot of the time that's going to be yours truly. Okay, so. Well, that's that's a given. We're talking about, you know, wrestling news at the moment. And, you know, I interviewed someone who a lot of people believe is a murderer on my previous show. Do you know what I mean? So it's we do that as content creators. You know what I mean? Yeah, but that one that one's a strange comment, isn't it? Because prior to Kenny going out injured and all the good work he was doing with Don Callis and stuff like that. Now, Jim Cornette was bigging that up. Yeah. Jim Cornette was saying this is real development now. This is kind of some of the stuff we want to see. Um, and he, he was he was very happy about it, you know what I mean? If they get a bit upset by the way he refers to them and stuff like that, they generally don't have a problem then when they want to release a T-shirt with it or something like that, you know? So it's um, it, it, it's a weird one, you know what I mean? It's, also, um, can, can I just mention as well, wasn't there a part, now I'm not saying this was Kenny Omega, remember a while back they were releasing T-shirts with Jim Cornette like dead on it? And basically, Stephen, Stephen Pinu had to make a phone call and said the image likeness is copyrighted and uh, to cease and desist. So, uh, Stephen Pinu, mm. Stephen Pinu, Stephen Pinu. Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I just, I just, it, it, it's, it's weird. And as you said, it could be just frustration and reacting and stuff so. like that. You know what I mean? I mean, if you look at the size of these people's audience and stuff like that, I'm sure Kenny has a massive audience on Twitch. Adam Cole, I know, has a massive audience on Twitch and stuff like that. And you're obviously going to get a mix of different people in there because Jim the loves audience him, is though, so big, doesn't he? So that's yeah. that's kind of a different, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I just think I, I just think it's um I just think it's a weird one at times when the the one thing I would say about the hate speech and stuff like that I think that's a little bit harsh. Sometimes it's it's a bit reactory, um yeah. because the one thing that happens with Jim, as you said, he tends to react to people who come at him. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people tend to time this. What they tend to do is if they're putting content out there or they're doing interviews or there's news articles being written or stuff like that, and it doesn't kind of hit the heights that you want it to hit, they use this reactory stuff to drop these lines in there to get people to get attracted to that, to get Jim to talk about it, to get people to go and look at those things. Yeah. Um, and you can see you can see it. And, and Jim has said it a number of times on his podcast where he's turned around and he said, I don't come after these guys. He says, they come after me. 
Yeah. Jim Cornette doesn't sit around generally talking about Vince Russo or Kenny Omega or stuff like that. He gives his opinion on what he sees from a wrestling point of view. Again, sometimes he's right. Sometimes he's wrong. Sometimes it's too old school. Sometimes it's hard to move into this kind of situation um, and time frame and stuff like that. Sometimes I agree with him. Sometimes I don't. Um, but like he's only given his opinion on it, no different than Dave Meltzer writing his opinion on it or any other wrestling journalist that attends these shows or gives a rating or attends the, the, the media conferences or whatever it is and stuff like that. He's entitled to his opinion if it's something there that he doesn't like. There's things he has said before that he doesn't like um, that I liked and stuff like that, and that's fine. Um, but these guys tend to come from like um, when, when, when they're drifting into a little bit of irrelevance, and I'm not necessarily talking about the wrestlers, I mean, this could be anyone. This could be Vince Russo. It could be anyone. Um, they tend to drop a tweet out there or drop something out there to come from, and then he has to react to it. Um, so you'll find a lot of the times when he absolutely blazes it out there and goes absolutely ballistic with what they're calling hate speech. There's more reactory speech to people coming at him. Um, and he's bewildered by this because people are coming at him at a stage where he sometimes describes himself as being irrelevant to the situation that he's just given his view to his audience of what he thought about something. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Like it, I don't know. I'm already on a two count here and I'm coming down for the three. Yeah, no, um, and I'm, I'm the same. And I just want to add to that. I, I concur with everything you just said there because, um, you know, we're not two little fanboys. Well, we're fans, but we're not two little fanboys to hang on every word. For example, I'll give you a pair. I don't agree with all of Jim Cornette's politics. But guess what? Mm. I listen through it and I go, okay, well, I disagree with that. Mm. I don't always necessarily agree with something he says about certain workers or certain matches. But guess what? I listen. Yeah, well, if you look it. if if you look at our show last week, we spoke very highly about Kenny Omega and stuff like that. Yeah, one hundred percent. And and it's the same. And like we're we're just two pro wrestling fans here having a podcast, having a chat about stuff and things like that. And all you know, we don't have any reason to dislike or like anyone or hate anyone. We're just giving an opinion on it from what we see. It's our opinion. People can drop it in the comments there what they think and stuff like that. But I think I just think people find themselves when they want to become a little bit more relevant in a given time. It's very easy to go out and target a guy like Corner, who you know if he gets targeted and it gets to him, you know he's going to react to it. And when he reacts to it, people his in his audience go look at what he's reacting to so they can form their own opinion or else row in behind Jim. But um, yeah. he, he generally doesn't come out. I, I've never seen him. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, and your viewers can correct us if, if we're wrong in the comments. I haven't seen him come out and legitimately go at someone without being um, teased out there first or dragged out there first. Um, he he generally reacts to stuff that's put out there about him, um, and he always and says just, that, doesn't he? He's like, "You called me yeah. out, motherfucker." You know what yeah. I mean? That's his, yeah. that's you, usually you, is. Yeah, you to. came for me. You yeah. came for me. Yeah, and you can see it in a lot of it. Now, that's not to say, like, I mean, the stuff where it's you know pockets and Kenny Olivia and Twinkle Toes and stuff like that. Um, you know, a lot of that is just put out there. It's but you know, teasing. something it's just teasing. Yeah, but it's also just an opinion. But the other thing about it as well is if you're working away in the wrestling business and Jim Cornette's talking about you, you're not doing all wrong. You're doing something right, you know, because he, you know what I mean? Because his time is quite precious, you know, so. Yeah, no, I agree. And like I said, there's been plenty of times where I've disagreed with, you know, certain political views or whatever that that he has and blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to get into it, but I was, you know, little things that, you know, we all get in everyday life. But isn't it refreshing? And this is where I'm proud of myself. 
and I wish more people were fucking like me, that you can agree in 2020, 2022 with people that are kind of of the same belief system as you or what, the same opinion, hold the same opinions as you. But guess what? The people that don't hold the same opinions as you do and the people that you disagree with, isn't it nice that you can disagree but say, but I like the other stuff they do too and actually have an adult conversation and move past it because guess what? You know, we lived with it in this country for so many years, you know, religious wars and all this stuff. It doesn't fucking matter anymore. So you should be able to just agree or disagree with someone's views and understand that that doesn't make up the person in every single way, shape or form. You know what I mean? And that's and that's all I got to say about that. Um, so let's <clears throat> let's get back to um, the final comments. So you're looking for the tree count here. We'll see if he brings you back. Quite short comments now. Um, that oh, he was asked, does it seep into the AEW locker room? Is it divided? Do some are some people Jim Cornette men, which we know they are, FTR people like that. I'd say even some of his friends like Adam Cole aren't going to go straight on the on the attack on Jim Cornette, considering Jim has been very very favorable on him and his his work. So he responded saying that seeps into our locker room too. Yeah, it does. Everyone is so afraid of the fucking cult of Cornette army and people have that like, you know, anti AEW sites that they want to be, they want to do whatever the fuck they can to stay safe. So this is now, this is a, this is a loss for Kenny because now he's just starting to get frustrated and he's talking about anti AEW sites and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. I mean, there's no anti-AEW site anywhere that I can think of, you know. When I... Well, there, I mean, we don't know. There might be sites out there that just go in on it, you know. There's people out there that just bleed WWE and WWF and they don't look at AEW. So they might be seen as being anti-AEW. And again, what I would say to those people You'd is... say vice versa as well, though. There's people yeah, that are absolutely, yeah. <clears throat> look, we, look we, we've seen it. Look, look. We, we've seen it, you can see it in the AEW crowd and stuff like that, how anti-WWE they are and stuff like that. And that's yeah. fine. And that's everyone's entitled. You can be somewhere in the middle. You can take either one side or the other side. You can be anywhere you want in pro wrestling because that's the beauty of following pro wrestling. But I, I, I think the seeping into the locker room and stuff like that, I don't think someone like FTR or someone like that mows around wondering whether they're going to keep Jim Cornette happy and stuff like that or Kenny Omega happy and stuff like that. I think people just show up, they do their work. It's pro wrestling. It's pro wrestling. Pro is on the marquee. So you're professional at all times. That's what you're supposed to be. Um, and I don't think I don't think he generates, there's often talk as well that he generates this wave of hate towards WW or towards AEW. I don't think he does. I think he has an opinion of it. As I said to you already, some of it I agree with it, some of it I don't. I take what I like, I discard what I don't. Um, but that's no different than being a pro wrestling fan. Um, we we review AEW shows here on the show all the time. Always the stuff in it that we really like, the stuff in it that we don't like doesn't mean we're anti-AEW, it doesn't mean we're anti those guys in wrestling. Um, you know, sometimes you get a wrestling match, you're expecting a huge thing out of it, you don't get what you're expecting because maybe styles don't match or whatever it is, and it doesn't work out. Doesn't mean the two guys are any less performers, just means that that match just didn't happen on that night the way we thought it might happen. Um, but it wouldn't be, I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be categorizing it into the 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 area of hate or hate speech because we come on here and we talk about a match and we go, 
that that match was awful. It didn't deliver. It's just an opinion. It's just an opinion. And with, with Cornette, it's just an opinion. But most guys who are being spoken about by Cornette when he does reviews and stuff like that tend to do a little bit better out of the business because he's talking about them. I think so anyway. And I don't think there's such thing as bad publicity. I think there's only good publicity in the pro wrestling game. Well, that's it. And I mean, I'll give you another example. You know, I disagree with Jim Cornette's kind of sudden heel turn on, on, on Chris Jericho over the last year or so. You know what I mean? Purely because Jericho donated to a political party that he's opposed to. And I think that's a problem we have in the United States in particular, and it's starting to seep into Europe a little bit. It's like your political party, just like your religion, shouldn't define everything you are. You know what I mean? You can still have opinions and have discussions with people with opposing views. You know, look at look at you and me, case in point. We run football podcasts. You bleed red Liverpool, you know, diehard Liverpool fan, diehard Chelsea fan. We're still best mates. You know what I mean? And and it's we have the banter and, and we get over it. Maybe that's just Irish people are a bit different. I think we are. But um, you know what I mean? I disagreed with all that stuff with Jim Cornette. But guess what? It didn't make me not subscribe next week. You know what I mean? It's like, right, that's his opinion. I disagree with it. Let's move on. It's just, yeah, it's horses for courses. And I think people need to start lightening up. Um, I think social media has really kind of played its part in just pitting people against each other over ridiculous you know things and i think I, I i just often wonder i often wonder why things like like if you look at punk and you know you look at uh you look at kenny omega and you look at brian danielson you look at john moxley and guys like that these are big wrestling stars <clears throat> they're up they're operating in a big promotion now aew that's trying to find its way in the business um but why, why do they get so caught up on what jim Cornette's doing a guy who has a podcast that's not even visual that he talks with Brian Lass. And, um, you know, why, why why do you let that consume you to the point where you get so reactory to it and stuff like that? It's mm. um, it, it's a weird one, you know what I mean? Because, like, he, I don't know, he goes in, like, you hear him, like, he talks about Orange Cassidy as being pockets and stuff like that. I don't think I've ever seen an Orange Cassidy come out and have a go off Jim Cornette. Like, now, correct me if I'm wrong, but actually go in on him, you no. know, the way, like, Kenny Kent's go in on him and stuff like that. And, look, as you said, the situation with has Jericho Jer- as well. Has Jericho even like really went in on him? Not, not, no. to the, you know. Well, not, not, not to the point there where you're getting to the point where you're talking about hate speech and hmm. a wave of hate coming your way from his fan base and stuff like that. Jim Cornette's fan base as a pro wrestling fan base. They either like AEW or they don't. They either like WWE or they don't. Or they like a mix of both. Um, it, it, it's not, it's, it's not necessarily. Jim Cornette has an audience. They're a pro wrestling audience. If you weren't a pro wrestling fan or you weren't involved in pro wrestling, you probably wouldn't listen to Jim Cornette's podcast. Why would you? You'll have no reason to listen to here's, it. Here's an idea. Do you think that because Jim over the years has been so respected and is such a great mind for the pro wrestling business that a lot of these guys almost want his acceptance eventually? You know what I mean? There is a little bit of psychology in there, if you think about it. Yeah, I mean, there's probably, there's probably, look, there's a credibility to some of the stuff that he says. Obviously, some of it you can throw away. Yeah. But there's a huge credibility to some of the stuff that he says. If Jim Cornette comes out and says, you're doing the right thing, you're developing right, you put on a really, really good match, you've done this, that, and the other, it's credible and it's high praise from a guy who's been in the business all his life. He's devoted his whole life to it. Both in ring manager, booker, 
creative, everything, all that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? As I said, yeah, at times, some of the ideas do be a little bit dated because it's 2022. And, you know, we had 80s wrestling, 90s wrestling, the noughties, all that yeah, kind of thing. It develops and it evolves. I get that. Yeah, but I just think, I, I, I just think, yeah, I, I, again, that's why I say it. Why do you look for that credibility in terms of, it's like as if, you know, these guys are all in class and Jim is the teacher. And if Jim doesn't tell you you're doing great work, you're doing well or something like that, you get offended by it and you go home to your parents and go, you know, that teacher doesn't like me kind of thing. <laughs> you know, and it's just, it's a weird one. I, I don't know. Whereas, it's, it's, whereas, you know, it's it's like in work even, you know, if you've got a boss or a team leader or whatever it may be, you know, it might take them a while to get to like you. It might take them a while to warm up to your personality or even to get to know your personality. That's just human that's just the human way, you know what or, I mean? Or they, or, they might, or, they, or they might never grow to like or they might But as so long as you're both professional and you do your work, your yeah. work is your work. Yeah. You know but what they, I mean? And that's that's what, that's what I'm weird. Not everyone is going to like it. No. And this is a weird no. thing with these guys, you know? This, they want this to be is a liked. weird thing. When you, yeah, universally and stuff like that. Look, all the top guys in WWE as well, people, some people like them, some people don't like them. We, we're on this show all the time saying how much we admire and we, you know, we talk about Randy Orton and John Cena and stuff like that. I'm sure there's other people that will come on this show and say, that John Cena, I can't stand him. He's this, that and the other, blah, 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 blah. And that's fine. You're entitled to your opinion. I think John Cena is unbelievable. Um, other people would but say he's he an absolute sham in the ring. Look but that's fine. I mean, listen, he built a career of it and made millions out of it. That guy was built out of every building for nearly a decade. When yeah. you think about it and stuff like that, at a real low ebb in wrestling and stuff like that, and all. And look, he's not for everyone. Um, but whether you like him or you hate him, there's a certain respect there for him. Um, and it's the same. And look, if Jim Cornette's talking about you, there's a certain respect there for you. He's not always going to portray it that way. He's always going to have an opinion about a match or about, you know, a, a look or a ring gear or are you in shape or you out of shape or what you should be doing or something like that. And, all. <clears throat> and that's fine. It's his opinion. Um, but yeah, it's just to me, it's just strange that there's such a reaction to it and stuff like that. Mm. I'm surprised the guy at Kenny Omega's level, you know, where he's been in AEW and all the other work he's done in the past and stuff like that. Why, why he cares so bad about it? It's like he needs a uh, validation from Jim Cornet. Um, yeah. and he should be far from that. What, what would he need validation from Jim Cornet for? Yeah, I, I, I think that look, it, it's probably a mix of everything. The injuries, as we mentioned at the start, it's probably a mix of everything. But I think there's the three count there for Jim on this one because it, it, it does come across to me as like Jim Cornette living rent free in your head. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's it's just, you know, it, it shouldn't be a, tr- and it sounds like a trigger word because this is on Twitch. Mm. So if someone's asking yeah. Jim Cornette, you're like, Jim Cornette, oh, that's the trigger word. It's like fucking David Banner mm. turning into the Hulk, you know what I mean? Mm. Um, I don't know, has Jim, has Jim reacted to it yet? No, I don't know, but I'm interested to see. I'm not sure if his show is out yet or stuff like that, because this is fairly fresh, isn't it? It is. So I wonder, fresh. has he reacted to it and stuff like that? But you know what Jim's going to come out with? Jim's going to come out and go, here they are coming at me again. I never said a word. I haven't spoken about, when's the last time he probably even spoke about Kenny Omega? Um, because Kenny Omega's been on the shelf for what three, four months now at this stage or whatever it is. Yeah, I mean, when's the last time? I'd, I'd say the last time Jim spoke about him, he was probably speaking highly about him when he was in the ring doing his thing. Um, so it's kind of weird that suddenly they shoot just themselves in the foot, don't they? You're building, you're building that credibility, and now you're just yeah. But it's like it's like as if they all have a schedule and they just take it in turns. 
it's your month now to go in on Cornet and get the reaction. And then when you're finished, okay, it's the books' turn. When it's your turn, then it's someone else's turn. And they all just go around and take turns of going in on them. You know what I mean? If it's, if it's not him, it's Russo. If it's not him, it might be Bischoff, whatever it is. And they all take turns going around, going in on them and stuff like that. And it's valid what he says. He says, I don't come for people. They come for me. And I just react to what's being said about me and stuff like that. Do you know, what and I mean? you never see it with WWE guys because they obviously have a media department there saying, "Right, this don't react to shit. Like, just just let it." You know, I think you know Tony Khan is one of the boys. We've said that and wants to be one of the boys, mm. and I think I think he should probably stamp it down and go, "Lads, just don't react to that shit." You know what I mean? You're representing. Well, I suppose for the I suppose for the WWE guys, the WWE guys are operating at it. I wouldn't say like a different level, but you know what I mean when I say a different level. So they're not looking to be validated by Jim Cornette. They're looking to be validated by one, their audience, and by two, the, the business. You know what I mean? They're working the, like you look the old like, man. Whether we, you know. and, and, and the old man or somewhere in between, wherever it lies, pending on the current climate and stuff like that. But <laughs> yeah, they're, they're not looking. I, I, I can't imagine Seth Rollins or Roman Reigns or Brock Lesnar, you know, if they're on Twitch or whatever they're doing, or they're on socials and stuff like that, looking up to see what Jim Cornette has said about them. And then Jim Cornette doesn't say a whole lot about them. He might review a pay-per-view or he might review something that happened on Raw or on SmackDown or stuff like that. But you never see that sort of, that backlash to it. You know what I mean? Like if, you know, it's, 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 it's just a weird one. It's reacted in a different way. Um, and it's like, those guys up there probably have all the validation that they need already from Jim Cornette, so they don't really need it. Um, yeah, yeah. And 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 even if they don't get validated by him or validated by him in the wrong way, where he doesn't say something as positive about him or something like that, I don't think they're sitting backstage sharing stories about it. You know, Jim on his podcast this week said, "I didn't quite wear that ring gear properly, or that entrance music didn't suit me, or this, that, or the other." Blah 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 blah. You know what I mean? I don't see them losing any sleep over it and reacting to it. You know what I mean? Whereas, like, I think I think out in the I think out in the indie scene, it's slightly different because they've learned to push each other's buttons in a different way. Yeah, I think so. The, like the 2022 indie scene is very very different to when I was on it. Like, you know I mean, it's uh, uh, and that's 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 all I could say. Um, yeah. But I mean, like we we spoke about it and we'll talk. You know, we'll see it on the next episode when we drop the Finley episode. I said yeah. it about Seth Rollins. You know, he was upset that Brett kind of called him out for his kind of sloppiness in his work and blah, blah, blah. But look what Seth went and did. He went and took constructive, he took it as constructive criticism and then got all the mm. praise from someone he looked up to. Yeah. And now, and then, you know, Brett comes out and goes, and, you know, he's done great work since. And, and I think that's what some yeah. of these guys need to do. But I think that's the problem. With the indie guys, they've never been in that fully, fully, fully professional environment. And I think that's what's, you know, I don't want to be a dick here, but I think that's what's kind of scared the likes of the Bucks and Omega about going to WWE. I don't think they like to be told what to do. And I think that's really what it what it boils down to. Um, and it's probably a fear they have, you know what I mean? Oh, well, you know, I want to be an artist. And I get that. You know what I mean? It's it's well, it's not even that. It's a control <clears throat> thing. They they want they want to be in control of themselves from start to finish, which is okay as well. Merchants. Well, it well it is to a point because what happens is if you're in that much control of yourself, you're operating inside of kind of a bubble, and then you don't leave yourself open to good criticism that you might be able to take on that furthers your career or lengthens your career 
or helps you creativity to develop and evolve and stuff like that. And what happens is we've said it many times. If you look at the books, there's no doubting the talent of both those guys without a shadow of a doubt. The problem that you have is they haven't really evolved from the guys from the super kick party who sold t-shirts on the indie scene. They just do it now at a much bigger level. And look, they're successful from doing that. They make an awful lot of money from doing that. So it's hard to argue with it. But someone like the books should leave a legacy behind as being one of the absolute top tag teams in the business without, without a doubt. And what happens is I think if we look back on the business in 20 years time, and I think if we did a rating on tag teams, I think you might find the books might be a little bit down the list, much further down than where they should be. If they were more open to listening to people saying, you know, maybe if you tried this or you did this or you backed off this or, you know what I mean? Look, we know all the different conversations that revolve around the books and the elite and stuff like that. And all. And I, I just think it's one of those things where you're not going to change that. And if you came back in 20 years time, you'll still be looking at a super kick party to sell a thousand t-shirts or whatever it is to do this, to do that, do the other. And that's what they fundamentally believe the business is. So you're not going to change their mind on it. Whereas if you spoke to a Jake Roberts, who's backstage at AEW, or you spoke to an Aaron Anderson or a Tully Blanchard, they'd have a different view on what the business is. The problem is it's very hard to argue with the books on that because financially they're so successful. And at the end of the day, the business that they're in, it is about earning money and creating wealth and doing all that kind of stuff because they are short careers. Um, but I think that, you know, Aaron Anderson and Tully Blanchard were one of the greatest tag teams ever when you think about it back in the, the Crockett days and stuff like that and the Four Horsemen and stuff like that. So listening to those guys would only help you to open up that bubble and evolve. And I think that's what happens. These guys, because they're in that kind of bubble or that shield within themselves, they don't leave themselves open to evolve. And after a while, it becomes very stale. There's only so many Young Bucks t-shirts you can own before you pull back on it. There's only so many super kicks you can eat when you're watching pro wrestling. And I think that's the problem that's there. I think that's what exists. And it's um, it's a pity. But again, I can't argue with them because they're so successful. They earn so much money and stuff like that. So, And that's that's the game that they're in. And that's the game that it is now, you know, for some people. You get the last word on this. I can't... Uh, yeah. I can't uh, disagree with anything you've just said. You spoke with more elegance than I could have on uh, on that and I, I agree wholeheartedly 100% um, that's a great way to finish the show um, so until next week which I'm sure we will have more in the bizarre wonderful cartoon world of professional wrestling that we love um, be sure before we go to make sure you like and subscribe. They are super important. Um, we've been doing great absolutely up until recently. I think the LYT has messed around with our uh, algorithm. We won't we won't say exactly what YT is, you know, because they're always watching. But uh, no, that's fun. <laughs> but uh, no, it's been it's been great. The support has been fantastic and. Got a lot of great Keep feedback on the socials and stuff like that as well yeah. about the shows. Um, obviously, yesterday let us let us let us know as well. Let us know what you want to say in the show. Let the show develop around you guys out there, the listeners, viewers, and subscribers. Let us know what you want us to cover and stuff yeah. like that. And then um, we're evolving every week with a kind of a newsroom kind of thing, but we're also you know checking out the shows and 100%. the pay per views and stuff like that. But it's the stuff that you want us to cover. Let us know, and we gladly cover. It. 100% and make sure to share us all over the socials as well get those subscriptions up 
all that great stuff. We do this for you. As much as we enjoy doing it, we do it for you. And uh, obviously your support is super important. So from me, Ian the Dynamo Kelly, thank you very much for the shopkeeper, Niall Hogan. Until next week, we are over and out.